Here's an oldie but goodie. Welcome to Retro Relevance, which is an extension of Chan It Down, where I take an old episode and make it new again. I search through the archives for you. Now, some of you go through the archives, and thank you. You should. It's fine to go way back. This show's info is just like it was when I released it. We're not going to go too far back. We're going to March of 2022. I'm giving you a double header. This is episodes 193 and 194. And this is um, all about human origins. This is a very uncomfortable subject for many because it dissolves two paradigms. And um, it, you know, upsets a lot of people. But I think it's all about the search for truth. And as we do on this show in many subjects, that's what we do. Has my opinion changed on any of this since I released it? And I would say not really, no. Uh, since, I've, uh, since I've released these two episodes, I have read the Popol Vuh, which of course is the, uh, the Mayan Mesoamerican uh, origin story. As well as the Mahabharata, the Indian, uh, you know, Indian story that goes way back, and uh, if anything, it's only complemented this. Human origins show why humanity has so many problems, why we leave a trail of disaster, and why we have so many issues here on this planet. Uh, not just with our leadership, but just everything in our dysfunctionality so i think it gets to the root of it and i believe in god uh over all of this so god is beyond explanation this is this was allowed to happen at a higher level but it doesn't mean that someday humans uh won't rise to a higher level so it's all it's all good in the bigger picture but it was allowed to happen and it's just the way it is and all these origin stories much echo the same story well if you uh i'll be giving some new episodes soon this is just kind of going back in time a little bit still working on the documentary little bit by little bit and if you like to support the show you know what to do uh share it out you can share it on any platform you like give it a five-star review it all helps the algorithms and thank you for listening to chant it down this is of course an old couple episodes but worth your time if you never listened to them before much love Chant it down radios coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural bird forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept in the truth, so Chant it down radio offers the coordinates to a path out.
You're searching for something whole Cause what you see Realize You're watching this world unfold The truth beneath the lies Rekindling what's been stole The need to free one's mind Uncover the truth exposed So people see the light Let's shut it down So we can know It's simple We just break it down a little bit So we can process all Make the switch to elevate yourself To conscious mode And it's benefit So we can get this kinds of growth And get the future we just wanna start the whole thing But the message is this really we can start our both Taking in the simulator and getting lots of numbers Waking up the puppets try to stop hypnosis Welcome, welcome to Channel Down Radio Where we deprogram from the deep program Be a free nomad with the deep romance And a free homeland where the people advance Let me see you show hands, defeat the whole plan It'll be full blast, make the evil ones scram I'm Loomis, I'm your host. Welcome to Channel Down Radio. This is episode 193, the Beyond Earth series, part 21, Where Did Humans Come From? That's what we're going to cover today. And um, I hope you enjoyed last show with the guest, Neil Gore. That, and that was in this same mini-series. If you're not familiar with how the show works, I do shows and I do some that I come back to in mini, mini series where I cover a certain subject and the subject matter that is within the Beyond Earth series is the ET and UFO phenomenon and ancient um, history and, you know, origins, which we're going to cover today. So um, that's just one of the many things this show covers. I go all over the place. Chant It Down Radio podcast is about giving you the truth on planet Earth and being be able to chant down the bullshit and get to the real truth so we can get somewhere on this planet. So if you're a newcomer and new listener, I highly recommend you listen to others within this mini series, but I also recommend you listen to many other shows to really get the gist of all the different stuff that I cover here. But also I have been releasing now on the podcast feed Retro Relevance, which is me just taking an old show and re-releasing it. I narrate a tad bit add-on in the beginning. I did it with episode 54 last time. And there's shows that I may find value or have uh, repeated listening that's that's uh, worth listening to again, basically. And so um, with that, that... Um, is something you can listen to too. Now, if you're a regular listener of the show, maybe you've already listened to these shows. So, um, not really a reason for you to go to retro relevance, but maybe there is in case you just need to hear it again, you know? So I'll be doing that as a side thing, uh, as from, um, releasing shows on this feed that are, you know, of the present. I might break up today's talk into two parts, depending on how long it takes. Um, it's a, it's a meaty episode. I'm not sure, you know, I'm going to go through a lot of information that's really going to, you know, bring you, uh, through some sensitive subject matter because we're dealing with a subject where most people fall in one of two categories and they don't go any further and it's going to possibly offend, especially newcomers, but, I think it's well worth looking at. So we're going to cover that today. Where did humans come from? Okay, so uh, if I do cut it into two parts, I'll just let you know when I'm going to end it. And then, you know, you'll hear the next part in a week or so. But um, 
or in the archives. If you're listening long later, long time later from now, it you know you'll get to hear both parts. So, yeah, there are certain truths that are staring us right in the face about our ancient past, unanswered questions that we go on daily without even thinking about and truths that are not being discovered by your average person because they've never bothered to dig most people just don't look at things yet society goes on without knowing these things i think they're important you know and i think that these truths are what really gives you a better outlook on what this planet and what life's all about I mean, it's really important, but there are, there are truths staring us in the face. And one of them is, where did we really come from? Another truth we have, too, staring us right in the face is these megalithic sites all over the earth, all these giant buildings that we couldn't str- construct today, huge structures, which I've gone over in previous episodes, and I think it's episodes 78 and 79, you can listen to those, um, which means... And, and, and it really throws everything off. It means that the whole school of thought that humans went from primitive to today's society in one progression is not true. And it means that we have to rethink life in that way as well. People were something way more advanced than we are long ago. I, I mean, if the, they were people or a certain version of human or aliens or whatever you want to call it, we don't know enough. And I'm not going to say that I do either, but I've covered that, but I've all, I will always cover more into these ancient megalithic sites. I have a feeling when I get back from Egypt pretty soon that I'm going to be inspired to talk about more of it. So that'll be coming to you sometime soon. But with the origin of humans, you get these two answers that don't really make a lot of sense to me. You get science, the theory of evolution, and then you get creationists that God created us and Both are built off mediocre explanations. So let's first dive into the creationists. And I don't don't have a problem with the fact that God created us. In fact, I believe in a creator God. And I have seen enough evidence in my life that shows me that there is. But I do have a problem with the story of Adam and Eve. It doesn't make enough sense. And I've tried to talk to preachers about it before. And they just... They, their answers don't convince me anymore. So you, you can't go back and believe that story after you've understood that the Sumerian tablets are just bigger, blown up, more detailed stories about the exact same thing, which we will touch upon today and get into. But you can't read it any other way once you know that those Sumerian tablets are are much more detailed stories that Genesis lightly covers. It's like Genesis is history light. The Bible's a good book. It does deal with real historic events. And there's some allegory in there, and there's a lot of mystery in there, but it does deal with real things that did happen on planet Earth. I'm not knocking it, but Genesis is taking a possible 100 to 200,000-year-old time period or even larger time period, and boiling it it down into uh, a few generations of events, you know? And this is the beginning of the 
of three of the planet's biggest religions, you know, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and and Islam, all base their their same beliefs off of this one time period. At least they can agree on that. I get that knowing these Sumerian stories are the true stories wrecks many people's beliefs, but don't let it. Don't let it wreck your connection with a creator God. Just know that the story has been tampered with. The creator God exists in this story too. And I think the creator God exists throughout the Bible in bits and pieces, but you have to know when it's the miraculous creator God and not the gods with the little G, you know, and the creators of the Bible purposefully left the real creation stories out, you know, just like that's why the book of Enoch is not canon. And that's why there's some other books that are not canon and, the um, Dead Sea Scrolls and other things because there's more in there that they don't want you to know. There's more in there that they, they want to distract your mind from because the book of Enoch goes deeper into some of this, some of these events, which I'll talk about a little bit later. You know, I also have a problem with the earth only being 6,000 years old. I have a problem with that and, and that it was made in seven days just knowing how nature moves slow, just watching how mountains slowly get eroded by water and wind and water lines and sunken continents and, you know, all the things that show us something else that show it, uh, they, all these things show us that the, the, the world can in no way have been created only 6,000 years ago. And that in seven days, when you know there was seven tablets of creation in the Sumerian or Babylonian culture, also known as the Enuma Elish. And to be fair, though, so, so there's the creation, but I want to be fair. Both sides have truths. Both creation and Darwinists have truth, but both sides believe ridiculous things, too. I believe it's a blending and some, I believe it's 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 a bigger combination of things with truths here and there. People are very quick to go with what they're comfortable with when it comes to discussing the subject, and most people believe in things that they have done zero research in, and they think it's settled science in fact. So that brings us to science, or so-called science, Darwinism, okay? So the other side of the coin. The narrative we are supposed to buy is that the further you go back, the more primitive man was. And most people assume that science is right, and all of this is explained, and it's it's already in the bucket already, so to speak, you know? Um, you know, it's it's... And we don't need to concern ourselves with that, because... There are more pressing issues to look on on Earth. And yeah, you know, maybe there is, but maybe it's more important than almost everything. Because if you think about it, if we don't understand our origin, then how are we really going to understand where we are going? And our origin shows us that we're quite different than we think. And that really makes a better picture for understanding a, a lot larger of a picture. 
and why and, and, and why civilization on earth is set up the way that it is too it, you know once we understand our origin and most people outside of religion are Darwinists you know and yeah for many years people follow religion very carefully and civilization got less traditional and offered a different more um you know shallow kind of look at the world and hollywood and you name it so a lot of people believe that you know the the world was ruined by religion so they shy away from it a lot of today's modern culture and younger people don't believe in religion so they go with science because you know um it's it doesn't have to go with you know what the elites used in the past the past to control us which was religion but they're not realizing that now they're using science to control us and i can see why people believe in darwinism because schools propagate it universities propagate it it makes more sense than the garden of eden and the same people that tell you about chemistry are saying it. And we know chemistry is a solid science. And we put together science as one big category and believe it as one big chunk. And so many stupid people believe you were doing good in society if you went through school and then college. And so it's accepted. And if you buy science altogether, you take it as one big package that may feel uh, – is a you might think is a foundation that doesn't need any uprooting and it's just part of organized society and science is good at a lot of things you know and there is solid facts in it it's not but it's it's not all knowing it's man thinking he's smart it's also the religion of the state and it's it's what they want for modern day control, just like religion. People that believe in big government also turns out are big believers in science. We found that out recently, didn't we? The science they always say, which is not science; it's the science. And I like real science, but not government-funded science with agendas, you know. But. The whole dull vision of of matter somehow randomly animating full life, it makes a very dull person. It's a very boring, mechanical world to believe in. And I've noticed that people who are big Darwinist types, they're very boring people. It's like they don't have a whole lot of a soul because they don't have any beliefs beyond this life really you know afterlife or um you know they've never gone beyond that boring mechanical view and i've known people like that but we live in a world built on theories we got big bang theory gravity theory and yes there is conspiracy theory but i'm willing to bet that the top 10 conspiracies are more provable by far than the theory of evolution. All right, let's get into this theory. So I believe in the evolution of species, what some people call adaptive radiation and, and, and microevolution. And a perfect place to see this, as always been said, is the Galapagos Islands. Birds, for example, that develop physical adaptations for various environmental niches and uh, or niches 
um, <clears throat> either way you say. But, you know, we have even a better uh, example of that here in Hawaii. We have uh, certain birds and plants that uh, evolved in certain ways here on the islands that um, were would would have really um, proved the microevolution even better. For example, we have the, the Hawaiian honeycreeper, which is a rare native bird that has a curved beak made just so it can fit inside the ohia flower and get the nectar. It's like it was made for that plant. Well, so that kind of small adaptation can happen. In fact, Hawaii would have been a fascinating place for Darwin because our original plants and birds are 89% endemic, meaning that 89% of the plants and animals that are from here, which we have no mammals native except for the Hawaiian bat, but um, are only found here, right? They didn't come here. And they're rare, and most plants have no thorns, and they had no uh, defenses because... You know, they didn't ha- have to micro-adapt to predators. But anyway, where, where evolution goes wrong is macro-evolution. There's no trace in the fossil record of macro-evolution. No amoebas became sea worms or bacteria became sea worms and sea worms did not become fishes and fishes did not become amphibians and amphibians did not become mammals. There was never these big jumps. And if they did, why isn't that process still happening right now? Still, you know, would, would, would evolution really stop? I mean, the animal animal kingdom is full of unfair circumstances. So if it was survival of the fittest, I mean, then would a salmon by now have developed arms to wrestle a bear from being fished out of the stream? Or a gazelle develop giant claws or some kind of poison to spray at a lion, you know? What the fossil record does provide us is that every species comes equipped to eat, survive, and reproduce. That's it. That's all it provides. It does not provide these big jumps. You know, evolution also exists in... um, Consciousness, I do believe in evolution of consciousness, which we have evolved and devolved. I mean, that's very provable. Um, d- <laughs> just walk through a shopping mall and you'll find the de-evolution de- of species. But that brings us to humans themselves. Now, let's look at humans. I mean, if you drop a human naked in the wild, how do they fit in with the animal kingdom, really? You know? I mean, we are, we are defenseless and we look and act like nothing else on this planet. Yes, I think the closest things are primates, but, and, but we share none of the same bones. You know, they were heavier, primates, and they were way more muscly, way more stronger and durable. Why would evolution have us lose these features? You know, if mankind was grown to live in civilization and build civilization would we would need all those qualities at least originally i mean which were not made to live in civilization but especially those megalithic sites if we're to believe that humans made them i mean wouldn't you need the strength of a primate to be able to stack together the pyramids right 
And most importantly, Darwinism does not explain how humans got here. Humans are not found on the fossils of this planet until 120,000 years ago. There's no humans, no way humans have enough, had had enough time to evolve in the Darwin way. It's too fast. It's been too quick. You, if it was only 120,000 years ago, and we just, it's, it's too fast for even the cycle of the evolution. And watch any creature on Earth besides humans. Just look at humans, you know, um, and, and they are completely integrated. I mean, uh, other species are totally integrated with their surroundings. They waste no energy, and they know exactly what they're doing, and they know when to conserve energy. Your house cat, even though it might be domesticated, still sleeps 18 hours a day because it preserves its energy. I know, they sleep a lot. Dogs, too, you know. And then there's us. We're not physically adapted to live naked on the planet, except in warm climates, yet we're, bo- we're born naked, you know. And humans do everything against nature. We're always working against nature. We're always cutting down trees, and we're always adapting it to fit us rather than us adapting to it. And you often hear the phrase by environmentalists that the earth would be just fine and many times better if we weren't around on this planet to destroy it. And I agree. I do agree with that. But the, the only problem with that is many environmentalists have had their, their mind polluted by these elites way of thinking and, and their depopulation rhetoric. And this goes way back in history. In fact, this depopulation rhetoric and idea of depopulation we'll cover today. It's nothing new. It's been happening and it's, you know, happening at the moment. So I, I will say that we are not adapted to nature like hunter-gatherers, but they had the hunter-gatherers, they had to adapt at, at one time. And we, we also can adapt if we need to. But huh, and I look at today's people, I'm like, mm, nope. I mean, you know, could you imagine today's city yuppies adapting some snowflake used to getting his frappuccino every day at Starbucks goes in his safe zone and calls so he doesn't get offended. You you imagine him adapting. Mother nature is going to offend you. That's for sure. And he perished in a few days. So the hunter gatherers had to figure out how to be hunter rather than hunted They had to figure out how to adapt, and many thousands of years of this adapting, they made themselves uh, a whole system of living, which sucks because modern man decided to destroy these cultures, and us humans today have no reference to go back to how to live like they did, you know, all the medicines they had and stuff, but that's a whole side subject. If we're to believe that humans came from primates, here's a few things to look at. Here's here's where I I'm, I really go um, wrong. Here's where it really goes wrong with uh, Darwinism. And I know it took a long time to get here, but sorry, there are no transitional fossils in the fossil record. Period. No, you know, there's nothing of in between species. Okay. 
and there's never been a fossil discovered where the arm bones are close to humans. And that's a big deal because from shoulder to elbow is always too long. And if we're supposed to believe that uh, our first fossil records of humans are 120,000 years ago, those arms were not like primates. Also, the rib cage is much different on, on primates. It, it, it's like funnels, curling little funnels rather than our rib cage. Very different. Our skulls are very different. Our throats are very different. And that's why they can never learn how to talk. And also, they had to change the story a bunch. I mean, first they thought man was only around 30,000 years ago and that we evolved from Neanderthals. Well, then they realized that we're, we're going and they were wrong and they, they had to go back and say we evolved from Homo erectus because man was around in the same world as Neanderthals. And that's important when we'll get to that. But so there is an overlap in these species that didn't make sense. If we were transitioning, there wouldn't be two at the same time. And why did Cro-Magnon exist and Neanderthals and Homo erectus and all that go extinct? Why did they go extinct? With their strength and durability, they could survive anywhere in nature. They They were the real kings of the jungle. Yeah, lions, yes, but they could take on a lion, you know, if they had to. They really, you know, they were like, they had the brain capacity more than any other creature. So why did they go extinct? Now, let me be distinct in my own way here. I do believe that humans and primates share a common ancestor, and we're going to explore that today. But if humans did not evolve on Earth, then how did we get here? So if evolution is bunk and the Genesis story is full of holes... Where do we go? That brings us back to the oldest origin stories on the planet and possibly the oldest writings that exist. Cuneiform is, I think, older than Sanskrit. And we have to look at the Sumerian tablets of creation to put in that third road. The beginning of the Bible is based on these texts. And where else can you get more info but these texts on this entire thing? Out of all the writings in the world, this is the most complete story. And from the oldest civilization on earth that deal with a complex story of the creation of man. These were not bedtime stories. The first writings on earth weren't put in special clay tablets and dried and put into existence. Just all that effort just for a bedtime story. This is history being told as all their writings were. It needs to be looked at. And whether you've looked at it before or considered it or read Zachariah Sitchin or other people, it, or if you've never ventured down this road, we're going to go, but we're going to you know, take some turns and not really just be only on this. And if you've ever heard this information on my show a bit earlier in the earlier shows, it's still vital information. And I'm going to tell you new things and we're going to go somewhere else. We'll see. Also notice that in every culture, they all attribute their knowledge to the gods. And people even try to look like the gods down the the line in history. For example, cradle boarding. Why would you do that to your head? What would make someone want to have that image? And then you put it together where you find these elongated skulls, such as the Paracas skulls in um, South America, 
and you realize that there were actual beings on Earth that looked like this, and that everybody else, these other elites and even regular people, were trying to copy the look of these gods. But of course, these were not divine gods. They were they were just uh, more advanced than regular humans. These were these were just regular beings that had more knowledge. You know, and wherever you go in the world, you'll hear about these gods giving man civilization, knowledge, and uh, how to how to live. Like, for example, the Varicosha in South America, or in the African tradition, the Zulu tradition, the Chitahuri, and there's a, a bunch of other similar tales. But going back to the Sumerian tablets, we have the story. I know some of you are familiar with the two brothers, Anki and Enlil, the two brothers who are Anunnaki, those who descended from the heavens. And the heavens were an actual word they had for above the sky, not the actual sky, but above it, you know, the actual heavens, the stars and everything else out there. Uh, The two brothers are talking about creating a slave race to mine the earth for gold. Now, there are many different arguments within communities on what the goal was for. Some people say it was to repair their home planet. And, but for whatever reason, they needed to mine gold. So, Enki says there are already creatures on the earth who just need to be modified for their labor. But these creatures on the earth pose a problem. On one hand, they were too intelligent and wild to become a docile beast of work. And then the other, their physique had to be changed. They had to be able to grasp and handle the Anunnaki's tools. So these creatures walked on two legs. Enki had a son named Ninkazida, and he tested the DNA of one of these creatures, and it was compatible enough to theirs. And not to mention, these creatures were much more adapted to this planet than the Anunnaki's own workers, which were called Ijiji, which weren't faring too well with mining. So they thought this would be the perfect experiment. They said, well, we can combine our DNA with theirs to create primitive workers who are intelligent enough to obey their commands and handle their tools. Of course, Enlil disagreed and said that tools were their slaves, not beings and that such creation is for the god of the universe and um so he was against this idea from the beginning but doesn't mean he was good and it doesn't mean enki was good either they both show good and bad then they're really both of them were these are not divine beings enki wanted to make these beings more in our image and that's where you get that similar phrase in the bible Of course, you also get the phrase Adamu from these texts, which is definitely what they're referring to where Adam came from, Adamu or Adamu, or maybe maybe it's Adamu or Adamu, and which you'll hear a lot. So, you know, these going right into the Bible, it's definitely the same thing. But the Anunnaki voted on it, and they went for it. And so... Even though Enlil was against it, they decided to do it. So, who were these bipedal species? Was it just primates? Was it Homo erectus? Or was it tribal indigenous man? And I used to lean toward the latter. But now, really analyzing some things, I'm leaning toward another option. 
And this is where we move into the work of Lloyd Pye. He wrote a very detailed book called Everything You Know is Wrong. And, and, and by the title, there's so much more to say than just what he's saying that's actually wrong. But he's a very underrated guy. And too bad he passed away. And I think it was around 2012. Um, to, he died of a quick acting cancer. It almost makes you wonder if he was taken out. Because what he was saying was threatening <clears throat> mainstream science. And the threat was, you know, fairly provable once we get into this information. I mean, other people that have talked out and got quick acting cancer is people like Bob Marley and many others who have defied the system. So it makes you wonder. But Lloyd Pye proposed, what, it, what he proposed is that these bipedal species were actually Bigfoot that these Anunnakis were talking about. And, I, and before you laugh, I think he proposes real evidence, and you have to take a look. I mean, how many things are dismissed from the outside because somebody didn't look into it? You know, and oftentimes it's because things have been made to look ridiculous on the outside, so you don't look into it. And that would be many of the, the con concepts and stuff that I cover on this show that you're probably interested in, but because it's fringe, people laugh at it. And that includes conspiracies and what's really going on on the planet, you know? So how many things have ma been made to look ridiculous so you don't look into it? So Sasquatch is pretty, when you think about it, it's, it's been seen in so many cultures around the world on six out of the seven continents. Who knows? It could be in Antarctica that's such a mysterious place anyway. Who knows? But all types of cultures see it and have their Sasquatch stories in their mythology. And these tales really don't vary too much. It's, they're very similar. And what happened to these creatures? What, where did they go? Well, this is what Lloyd Pye calls hominoids. That's what he calls them. L Lloyd Pye thinks us humans drove them away into areas of, uh, of the world where fossils are not created. Because to create fossils, it basically has to be in a um, certain area where there's a stream bed and there's a, lot of, there's a lot to creating fossils. And when you go into the dense forest, the, those areas don't create fossils. Here's the problem with us humans, and we're pretty conceited, and we think, we think we've conquered the world, but it's only the civilized world. I mean, about 30 to 40% of this planet's surface has never been, has, has actually been foot surveyed. So that means the rest of the planet, that's not that, that much of the, the planet that hasn't, hasn't been explored. Yeah, maybe from the, the, the treetops, but not the ground. And, you know, I mean, I can say for myself, look, I live on a small island in the Pacific Ocean. It's not very big. Oahu here is about 45 miles long or wide and about 30 miles long. Not that big of an island. But I've done some extreme hikes on this island where I bushwhacked into clusters of native forests where maybe no man has ever been before, at least, at least modern. And even native Hawaiians had no needs in some of these high cloud forests because there was no edible plants, uh, native plants here, and there was not a lot of reason for someone to want to go through the effort to go to some of these, you know, uh, cloud forests, uh, treetops. 
So, our, so you know, just here as an example. So what I'm saying is we don't go deep in nature. It's unforgiving terrain for humans, and it's not where we thrive best. You know, the occasional hunter or hiker may go out far enough, but still they don't go off trail too much. And those are the types that actually have Bigfoot sightings, mainly hikers and hunters. And we're talking about a creature that is in its own habitat that we don't frequent. So a legitimate, legitimate um, question that I've always asked and many people would ask is, well, why haven't we found a carcass in all this time? But have you ever seen the carcass of a bear, a, a non-prey animal, you know, that have you ever seen a non-prey animal that dies out in the open? No. Animals generally know when their time has come, and they usually hide when they die. I've seen that with dogs and cats for pets, where they will, in their old age, you know, like die under a porch because they, it's, it's just, it's just what they do. You know, they die somewhere, crawl and somewhere and look small and die, and you would never go to these places. And as far as, as species go, we're finding new species all the time. You know, maybe not big animals like Sasquatch, but fish and birds. You know, in 2007, fishermen caught a very rare creature known as, um, I'll probably not pronounce this right, but Coel, Coela scent. They said it had gone extinct 70 million years ago. Turns out that they were only 70 million years off. Trust the science. But... But look at the panda bear. The panda bear is a good example. People before 1931 thought it was just folktale by, by native people around there. And, you know, this spotted bear. But, you know, people kept on trying to find it. And finally, the first one was shot in 1931. In fact, the panda was has a very similar rugged terrain, which they call montane forest, as the Sasquatch. And so... My point is, we never go to these places. So, plus, government is not going to fund a group to go find one. It destroys their theory of evolution, so they're not going for that. So, that's why we don't see them. So, but enough evidence has been gathered about them. And one thing is, is they are mainly active at twilight and at night. So, that's another reason people don't see them often. And they can move around through the forest without making a sound. And they are experts at concealing themselves and blending with trees and surroundings. And us humans, we don't live even near these areas because only 36% of the Earth's land surface is, is readily and easily available for human habitation. So, we live in those places. We don't go and live in those other places. So um, I personally don't have any Bigfoot stories other than when I was staying in an Airbnb in the state of Washington. And usually at Airbnbs, you don't see the caretakers. But we did the next day as we woke up and, and um, there was old couple and, you know, they were telling us about the land. We were walking around with them. Oh, this is nice. They're showing us things here. And then the guy says, oh, yeah, you know, we had a. And this tree right here, there's a Sasquatch. He was yelling at the other one, the other feller across the river. And they were they were arguing and yelling at each other. I just left them alone, you know. You know, and they were, you know, they were mad about the house being here. And it's like, whoa. You mean you know, and he talked about it like it's everyday life, like it's no big deal. Like, you know, we're like this is not going to stretch our our concepts of belief here. So 
I don't know, but he, he wasn't joking. I was like waiting for him to be like, okay, when, when are you going to say you're joking? He never was joking. So I don't know. But a lot of people say when they see one, they thought it was a human. A lot of people are kind of like when they see one at first, like relieved, oh, another human. And then they realize and they look at his face and like, wait a minute. Plus they smell. Apparently they smell. Well, primates also smell. So, and, and there, is, there is even cases where people say they can almost dematerialize like it's supernatural. And maybe, it, maybe it lives in two dimensions, in and out. But this is already fringe, and this talk is very fringe for many. So, I, you, know, we'll, we'll, you know, that's for you to figure out. But <clears throat> they have a very, like a bare face, but everything else is hairy. So that's why people think they're often human. And they're often, you know, they can be man-sized. They don't, they're not always as big as, uh, you know, seven feet and stuff. So, the one of the, the most standout stories about Sasquatch is um, Zana, or Zana. And this is, this is a, a you're going to have to suspend your belief for a minute here. And I, I don't know what to say, but apparently in the 1880s in Russia, actually it's Kazakhstan, they, there's a small village that has a history with Sasquatch where uh, they, the skilled hunters would actually capture them and use them for slaves and extra pair of hands around the, the village. And these are shorter Bigfoot who are called Almas. Um, and several men in the village, well, first of all, I should go back. They would keep these Bigfoot, this particular one, Zana, they would keep her in a hole in the ground. That's where she lived. And eventually she got domesticated enough that she wasn't trying to go away. She got used to the humans and several men in the village impregnated her. Ew. What are they thinking? You know? Yeah, she's looking pretty hot tonight. Fuck it. It's warm, wet, whatever. <laughs> I mean, ew. What's wrong with... Well, anyway, so they impregnated her. I know that's, that's crazy to think about. The villagers would take whatever help they can get, so they kept these hybrid human Bigfoot creations. Apparently, four out of the nine that were birthed were killed in the beginning because the Bigfoot would wash the baby off in the cold stream, but because it's half human, it couldn't handle the cold and died, so they intervene with like the fifth baby and they ended up um they ended up uh uh keeping it and then these offspring turned out to be remarkably human their skin was darker and they had, and they were much stronger than humans and their faces were more, more robust but the human qualities bled through more dominantly than the sasquatch so i know this is hard to believe but the last of the children um, that uh, Zana had lived until 1954, and his name was Kavit, and he was 70 years old. So that means that the, the Bigfoot are compatible if we can impregnate them. And that means that our genes share enough compatibility to mingle with. So... There are villagers that actually remember the son, Kivit, and some of his siblings. And they've been interviewed, you know, because it wasn't terribly long ago. And in the 1960s, some people dug up Kivit's grave, the son of the 
Sasquatch. They never found Zana's grave. They don't know which one it is because they weren't really they didn't really mark their graves much. But they 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 dug up Kavit's grave and found his skull, and it has similarities to a Neanderthal. And I know this story sounds unbelievable, but these people back then lived close to nature and had an entirely different reality than we do. And I would argue that there's still villages like this today in places that don't go on the internet and don't have all that. So they don't care, you know, they're not talking to the people out here, but Bigfoot have the best brains in the animal kingdom. They're not completely stupid. They can't learn how to talk, but they have, apparently they can learn how to do quite a few things. And they're actually smart enough to stay away from humans because they know we are ridiculous and, and dangerous, really, because we would probably shoot one. So they seem to be content in surviving in the harshest conditions in these areas. Now, maybe the most famous Bigfoot sighting that's been documented on film is the Patterson film. And this happened in the 1960s. And of course, there's a lot of people that have said it's been debunked. And, you know, they'll tell you also that, uh, that everything else that, uh, is the truth has been debunked these days. So take that with a very light grain of salt. But the thing about this, this sighting, one of them is the arms are too long for a person in a suit um, and the footprints sunk into the ground that made it at least 600 to 800 pounds. And so that would have been a pretty heavy suit. So there's a lot to look at with that too. But, you know, there are different types of Sasquatches. Also, there are four types. Almas and Abominable Snowmen, Agogways and Bigfoot. And I think Bigfoot would just be the typical one that at least in America, most people know about. And these are mainly based on footprints, but also sightings and enough, enough uh, people that have put the, the information together. There, there are four types. Well, coincidentally, there are four types of primates in the fossil records that they think that humans evolved from. So... This is most likely what happened to those species. They didn't go extinct. Why would they? They were dominant creatures. They, they were strong and, and had, um, had it made as far as the animal kingdom was concerned. They just were pushed into areas where we don't go. If Bigfoot is real, and these are the primates that never went extinct, humans are even more not obviously from here. And this is the primitive species that these Anunnakis must have seen. At the time in history, they were probably the most dominant thing on the planet. So let's dive into ancient history and put the rest together. But we're going to do that on part two of this talk. Until then, probably next week, chant it down. Much love. Be a warrior, not a warrior. Welcome, welcome.
Welcome to Janet Down Radio, where we deprogram from the deep program, and we hold hands and go down the road of ancient history, trying to find out the mystery and trying to come out and listen to things that sound like the facts are pouring in. I hope you're not snoring in your slumber. I hope you're not dead like lumber or another number. We're the one to not get cut up like a cucumber so we can get out and do something that actually makes sense in the rumble of the thunder. And anyway, I'm just making that up as I go. But welcome to Shandown Radio. This is episode 194, and today's episode is a continuation of the talk I did last time, which is, where did humans come from? And it's part two of two, and it's part of a larger mini-series on the show called Beyond Earth Series Part 22. That probably sounds confusing, but it's all in the category of Beyond Earth series. It's just this is a two-part talk within it. If that makes sense to you, hopefully it does. Uh, I'm Loomis. I'm your host. ChannonDownRadio.com is a website, and that would be a great place for you to uh, actually uh, start if you're a new listener. And if you are a new listener, go down. Don't be afraid to go years back. I say that on every episode because I think it's important. But we're going to get into this two-part talk here. Um, this is a, a, a crude attempt at simplifying many great works into an audio episode. Uh, there is so much more when you dive into the depths of this information. What I'm trying to do, what I'm doing, is it's just, it's rudimentary, but it's. So I can communicate a message that I think is effective. I'm not a man of education. I have no diplomas. I've never been a person that was wanting to be part of the school system. But it doesn't mean I have to in order to tell you this information. I read and process a lot of information and I spit out what seems to stick. And I do it with care and dedication. And I give you this as a person who's studied a lot of this type of information for a long time, so that's where I come in. I don't have all the answers, and some of this really just has to be speculation, you know? It's putting uh, a good idea of what is has happened in the ancient past into just, you know, a, 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 an audio show. So, I don't have all the answers, but not really... Any of this is my own opinion entirely, but I'm trying to make sense of all this. And I'm looking at some profound works that I've been, um, that have been, I think, swept to the wayside on purpose, to the fringes, so the masses don't put this together. So, last episode, I went over how most people believe one of two rather mediocre and ridiculous explanations of how man came to be. Um, Darwinism and creationism. Both have truths. Both have so many flaws when you really lay it out, though. And you really go, well, I don't know if I go with either one. If you honestly look how I laid it out in the last episode, and you just think, well, there is got to be more to this. So, we went back to the Sumerian tablets again on this show because they have the most complete human origin story. And it, it actually complements some of the Bible, but makes it obvious that the Genesis stories are really just based on these older tablets, which has been highlighted many times in this show, uh, many times. But also how 
Darwinism, Darwinism is only right with microevolution. We went into that, but macroevolution never existed. There were not there were not transitional species ever found in the fossil record. And and regarding man specifically, we share no common bones and and um, body parts really with the primates. So we 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 found the middle road with the Sumerian tablets, and that's what's happened a lot. Um, and you can probably, you know, th this isn't extremely fringe information. In fact, I think if you get into a subject like chemtrails, that is considered more fringe than this because, you know, people have written um, books on this that are, you know, heavy stuff, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that have accepted this so-called... So I mean, you could probably turn on Ancient Aliens and find people talking about some of this. But to really put it together and look at it as a full thing, that's different. But also, what I did is put in the work of Lloyd Pye, who continues this thought into possibly it was what we call Bigfoot, who were the bipedal species in which the Anunnaki beings hybrid with their own DNA to make slave workers on this planet. And it does sound crazy when you listen to it out of context, but it, um, it, it actually, when you, when you really listen how it all flows together, it makes a lot more sense. So I hope you listen to the last episode and you're listening to this because you listened to the last one. So yes, this is fringe information, but is it fringe because it's crazy? Or is it fringe because it's pushed out of organized society because it challenges their so-called settled science? I mean, these col colleges teach you that you are right and that anyone who tells you anything outside that world you joined is wrong. And your teachers thought it was settled science, and their teachers thought, thought the same thing, and so on down the line, and they never challenged or questioned, just like religion, very similar. And they have a nice, tight, neat worldview that they think is complete truth, and they have built off of it like a foundation that they think is unwavering, and they think that, well, we... we We've already settled that, and we build on to it. But sorry, there is holes in your foundation. In order to join the system in high levels, or actually really any if you think about it, you have to be a conformist. And from the very get-go, you, you have to let go of what you might think in order to join. And you have to go with what society is saying and doing if you want to get anywhere. Well, I encourage you, encourage you, the listener today, to be that minority and challenge every aspect of this system. So, that's enough of that. I just wanted to say that because um, we're going to go where we left off here. So, where we left off was talking about the Anunnaki's, um, you know, finding these earth species, these primates, which were the uh, Bigfoot species that were really king of the earth at that time, you know, not, not geniuses, they're animals, but they were as evolved as much as any species could be on this planet. And so, um, and as you may know, the Anunnaki were master geneticists, and they called this first species Atamu, 
or Adamu, or and that's where you get the word Adam and the female species called Tiamat, named after a former planet in their their uh, historic version of our solar system. So they gave some of their traits to us, their brains to some capacity, and their bones and their unadapted traits uh, to planet Earth, to us. And it wasn't perfect. And that's why the human genome has over 4,000 defects. I mean, think about all the problems that humans have, even compared to animals, like back problems, diabetes, cancer. Um, we can't see in the dark. What's your appendix for? It's just there, like your wisdom teeth, you know? And they try to push that on evolution. Um, no, I think that's part of our, our hybrid uh, problems. Bad hips, bad knees. I mean, and then how about psychopathy, you know, um, and schizophrenia and on and on the list goes of all these crazy defects that the human body gets that, um, you know, sh we shouldn't get if we were a creation of divinity. The creator God wouldn't create such an incomplete, flawed creation. It's almost... Um, a slap in the face to God because, you know, I believe in a creator God. I'm not religious, but I believe in that. And so God has made animals are miles better than us with defects, uh, you know, that are, you know, not really defects. It's natural creation is perfect. And, you know, animals do what they do. It's just part of the planet. So they also, these, these Anunnaki also made the human not as good as them. They did that on purpose. Strong, but not too strong. Smart, but not too smart. And that's why we only use 10% of our brains. Yeah, we think we're pretty smart. But compared to these Anunnaki beings, we didn't know too much. And we still don't. That would challenge, even though we think we're pretty smart these days. And I'm not any geneticist, but you can actually see the fusing together of chromosomes in our DNA, as well as telomere caps put on the ends of some of these strands of DNA. Telomere caps are kind of kind of uh, like an end cap, or let's say like the plastic that is on the end of your shoestring that stops it from fraying. It's the it's just a cap on the end that has been you know put there um, by master geneticists. Even a chromosome had to be added for these Adamu to procreate. At first, they weren't able to even procreate. They had problems. They had lots of experiments. A lot of these experiments went awry. And this is like maybe, you know, thousands of years because these beings lived thousands of years. And they had thousands of years to get it right or try. And there's, there's a, a, a cylinder seal of Enki the the god of one of the gods the brothers ha, a, and some type of chimera on a leash so obviously they they really like kind of went crazy with it all you know and probably had fun trying to be creation gods and they also called the first humans the lulu which means primitive worker and that's why for years i've been thinking that they just took 
primitive hunter-gatherers and modified them so that they they would want to live in civilization and give up being self-sufficient. I, that's what I thought for years because I've always wondered, well, why do the hunter-gatherers, the, the few that are left, why don't they want to join civilization? It's like there's, well, it's obvious because they don't want to be, you know, they want to be self-sufficient, but they're, it's like that they're not even programmed to do so. So for years, and I've said on this show, I thought, well, it's probably the hunter-gatherers. But at this time, I mean, I, I don't think so now. Um, uh, I think that um, that is a, a different thing. I think the hunter-gatherers are people that um, broke free from, you know, cataclysm possibly, and they just decided, then they just lived that way uh, after cataclysm and just became those, you know, tribes in the forest and the, in the deserts and, you know, savannas and stuff. So, um, these first humans in this period of time, uh, in Eden, similar to Eden, it's Eden in the Sumerian tablets, so, uh, which is a forested area between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. Well, that's not like that anymore. It's all desert. Just shows you what civilization does to the planet. You know, it just uses up everything around the area and then it leaves it scarred, you know, um, you know, but anyway, um, these, they say that the, in the Sumerian tablets and as well as the Bible. So they match right here that they became aware of their nakedness, the, the Lulu, the, the Adumu, Adamu species. The, and, and, and this is in the Bible, of course, um, that Adam and Eve became aware of their nakedness. It's just that we're talking about a whole species here, not, not just two individuals. And I feel like this has a deep-rooted meaning in our culture. E- even the hunter-gatherers, they wear something covering their genitals, some kind of loincloth or something. And perhaps these Adamu species realize that they were genetic creations. And perhaps the the forbidden fruit in the Bible was a type of psychedelic that gave them more consciousness of what they really were. You know, um, in in the Bible, the the Lord, who was one of these <clears throat> Anunnaki's, not the God of creation, but one of these these beings, was walking around the Garden of Eden. Now, why would the Creator God conform to a man and just walk around with these people? But I think it's more like someone came down from one of these ships or, um, you know, and walked around with these creations and said, who told you that you were naked? And so I think it's more like who told you that you were what you are? And I just think it's a uh, theory with the psychedelics. Shout out to Terrence McKenna, RIP, but um, I really enjoyed his, his works. Uh, but look at what it says in the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, about the forbidden fruit. Because after they ate the forbidden fruit, it says, at that moment, their eyes were open. In other words, they knew, they understood, they understood something. And sometimes it takes psychedelics to help your eyes to actually open and see what is in this world for real. I, I, would, I would put some of my awakening besides, you know, people that have helped me get there to psychedelics that have helped open my eyes to what the world really is. And, you know, 
how it really runs has opened my eyes. But so in they understood that they were either slaves or genetic creation. There's something that they 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 understood. And in the Bible explains how from here from this point on they were there were birthing pains. And so to the woman God said, I will sharply increase your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children. So this obviously is when the Anunnaki's um, added a chromosome to allow, as they say in their tablets, they, they added a chromosome to allow humans to procreate. So following the Sumerian tablets, we get to where they move these primitive workers to the Absu, which has been considered which is most likely South Africa, to mine gold because there are so many abandoned ancient mines there. I think that enough people have figured out that that's most likely where they came. And this is most likely the expulsion from Eden, from at least for some of them, all right? And these workers start becoming too intelligent, it says, and, and rebelling from their slavery in Africa. And possibly because... The earth DNA in us was rebelling, and we could just be free and live on earth, but we had to be slaves. And we kind of figured that out. Or was it the intelligence of the Anunnaki gene? You know, that's, that's debatable. I, I'm not sure. But for, for whatever reason, I think the mix has been often more like 60-40 either way, where either one of the instincts from one set of DNA or the other has created, um, you know, not a solid slave, right? And they didn't want to be slaves, but who does? Who does? Very similar to the, today, except we, we don't have the ball and chain slavery and the, you know, the whipping uh, slavery. We get slavery with benefits to cover up that we are slaves. Benefits as in days off, recreation, watch TV, get, get sedated, basically, right? We have barcode slavery today. So the Anunnaki did another modification in this Lulu species to disconnect them from whatever was creating the rebellion inside them. They were modified once again. And so, I mean, nobody wanted to do this work. Not even the Ejiji, who were the Anunnaki's own original workers, who were, I guess were not slaves, and I'm not really sure. There's a lot of people that have different opinions on what, who, the, who the Ejiji were. Uh, but they didn't even want to do this work. But not all these workers were in Africa. Uh, a civilization was being created in Eden. And we're looking at thousands of years of slave creation. We're looking at, you know, a huge period. And it's really hard to piece together what is pre-flood and what isn't at times. You kind of have to make up your own mind on this, some of this, and it's, it's hard to know. Um, but during this time is when the Nephilim now, the Nephilim were, in the Bible, um, and in the tablets too, I guess. Um, so, this is what it says here in the Bible. I'll go with this one. Now, it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land. So, this is after they were able to procreate. And daughters were born to them that the sons of God 
the Elohim, so that means gods, uh, saw the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever, whomever they choose. So they basically just pillaged and raped the earth and had sex with these girls. And that's why they called the Nephilim the fallen ones. That's what the, that means. They were fallen. And it, they, they fell from grace, some people say, as in as an angelic. They were and angels that came to earth. And that's more what people that read the Bible would say that are, you know, fundamentalists. But when, when they say fall... To me, it sounds like they came down when you think about the Anunnaki story, but they came down from the heavens and had sex with the daughters of men, which was an abomination, and they did fall from their higher, um, you know, um, their higher purpose. Mm -hmm. So, and this is where we get demigods and giants from the Bible. And, you know, it does say, which is curious in those days, that there was giants in the earth in those days. And what that means is hard to say, because they didn't say on the earth, they said in the earth. So you got to wonder if it's some kind of subterranean uh, type of species as well, or maybe that these these demigods, because they were, they were um, the offspring of the Anunnaki humans, that they were not adapted to be on earth, so they had to live in subterranean. I mean, there's a lot of ways to really... Um, throw this information around. But this, these are where we get, I would say, the bloodlines, the Sumerian kings list, and those who lived a long time. Uh, Gilgamesh was a half-god, half-man. Probably King Sargon, and probably Moses, and all these people were of these bloodlines. I'm not sure about Moses, but Noah was one of these. So, so was Enoch and many others who were able to live really long lives and were chosen by the Anunnaki to repopulate the earth. And the Nephilim were spoken after the flood as well. So, um, when they talk about Noah in the Bible, they said he was great with his generations. So, that means that these generations of Anunnaki's were... Um, or hybrid, Nephilim, Nephilim were, um, you know, uh, considered good genes and good, uh, you know, of the, the, what the, maybe what the Anunnaki's wanted to keep here on the earth, or at least some of them, right? Because there were fights amongst factions of Anunnaki. It's debatable to where exactly to put the Great Flood, but most people can believe it to be 12 to 13,000 years ago. And so, with this argument within the factions of Enlil and Enki, the two brothers, or some people say, you know, they could have been teams, they could have been different species, there's many things that I'm open to for interpretation on that, but Enlil wanted to end humanity. It was abomination, this planet was full of of. of abominations of creation from gene splicing and and probably chimeras and stuff so some people think he brought on the flood or they knew about it or something so they obviously knew something so they had noah build the ark or no no the noah character was obviously the same as Zeosudra from the sumerian tablets so after the flood 
it sounds like this would be the case that cities begin to form and Eridu being the first city on earth and places like Ur and Nineveh, all places in southern Iraq uh, between the Tigris and Euphrates River is like where they maybe repopulated Eden. And here's, here's another truth staring us right in the face. So it's ancient Sumeria itself. Ancient Sumeria, the civilization that came out of nowhere, how does this fit in the mainstream timeline? How, how does this fit in there, Professor? You know, they never talk about this in school. You never learn about it. Yet, um, you know, you might hear of ancient Mesopotamia, but that's it. You don't hear of, of Sumeria and how advanced it really was. Here's a civilization that didn't just have, like, you know, a couple of buildings and a couple of people in them. This is a civilization with the first schools, Congress, pharmacy, historians, granaries. They had agriculture. They had metallurgy. They had marketplaces. They used wheeled carts. They, they knew open water navigation. They had wagons and, wagons and chariots. and They had doctors. In fact, their system was way better than ours. You know, they could... Well, they could um, remove a cataract from an eye, but they were more practical than us. Doctors were only paid if treatments were successful. So there was a money system. This would have been the first money system. But imagine that if you only had to pay a doctor if they were successful. So if they got it wrong, nope, you don't need to pay them. And, when it, and here's another practical thing more than us in, in, the, in the Sumerian civilization is when a city became too large to be easily manageable, part of the population left to create a new city that could grow. So they knew overpopulation was a bad idea. And they had extensive knowledge of outer space, the first libraries, first laws, social reforms. They had marriage and divorce records. They had textile and clothing industries. They had extensive knowledge in zoology, bot botany, mathematics, geology, geography. And, and, this is, and this is when man was supposed to be like, uh, Grog, make wheel today. Grog, roll wheel downhill oh, you know th this is when that's supposed to be in in their this in my in mainstream sciences belief system this kind of stuff this kind of sophistication does not come instantly it comes from a very long period of people living in a place and and that means that this happened over thousands of years to get become this sophisticated place. And of course, civilizations took over others. You had Acadia, Assyria, Babylon, all in the same area. So by the time we get to the Tower of Babel story, skipping ahead here, you know, in, in many years, something is happening. And, and it's really difficult for me to exactly, there's many ways to, um, interpret this, I suppose. They say the world is all of one language in these days, and some people say that means that the human species knew it was a slave species, and that they wanted to create a tower to reach the heavens. They wanted to, um, well, this is what they say, come, this is in the Bible. <clears throat> Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with this top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. 
no, that's that's kind of a lot to to come up with there, um, and it's hard to you know exactly say what that's all about. But they wanted to maybe reach these Anunnaki. Maybe they had become maybe they had become so so sophisticated at, at this time that they they wanted to um, be a, a spacefaring culture. You know, some, some researchers also point to a war with alien factions as well, and that could have been. But the, the Tower, Tower of Babel's incident in the Bible, the Old Testament, is, is uh, here's, some, here's a little uh, blurb here from a researcher, is about Anunnaki alien god Marduk's attempt to build a new spaceport facility to enable him to communicate directly with the Anunnaki. So there, that's a possibility, you know? I, I don't know. And maybe just the humans had become advanced enough to try to become uh, something that they, the, the Anunnaki's would have never thought. Hard to know fully. But again, another genetic modification was made to these humans so that they were dumbed down and they were scattered amongst the earth. <clears throat> One thing that sticks out in the Bible version is the phrase, Come, let us come down and confuse the people with different languages and they won't be able to understand each other. And, well, I mean, I think the media does that with us today. But, you know, does the world understand each other today? No. And so, apparently, I, w- I would say that, I would say that they, maybe they, um, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to really say exactly what happened here. But a thought is that they knew all this knowledge and they had to make them dumb again. And so they would not all come together as one against these Anunnaki. That's a possibility. So um, that's apparently our story of creation. You, you can also find accounts of this in other traditions that complement this and, and that are totally separate cultures, such as the Indus, Indus Valley. Um, there's some African legends and uh, possibly in Chinese too. I don't know. Um, but these are the times in which the gods were on the earth. And it makes sense that these gods were much bigger than humans, and that's why you have, you know, such big coffins in, in places like the, um, the Serapium in um, Egypt, where they have these huge coffins that they say were made for bulls, yet they never found any, any bulls in there. So, um, you know, there's most likely these were big people but we we don't know and and I, and then we don't know if they all left the earth um but apparently they left these nephilim in charge of the planet and were using their laws their government systems and the same system of life from ancient sumeria to now and the same one that doesn't work nor match our natural in- instincts as humans but notice how all this has been really covered up you know um, notice how we're, we're not in touch with any of this at all. Like, I mean, like I said, it's not as fringe as say some of the conspiracy stuff we cover on this show, but it's easily a fringe topic. And 
why would, during the Iraq War in 2003, soldiers raid some of these ancient uh, museums and places to take these artifacts? For some reason, they don't want us in touch with this origin story because it kind of unravels humanity. And they keep it at the fringes and, you know, laugh at it and, you know, it, it doesn't get any in real light. So, obviously, they don't want us to know about it. But I would suggest that the royalty of Earth claim direct lineage to these Nephilim. And that's why they always stay above the rest of humanity in power. I mean, we've, we've never had a proper poor people's rebellion. We've never been able to really take these people down. And it's because they've always been the ones in control of the information and the religions and now the media. So they've people have never been properly able to rise up. They know how to divide humanity and work our brains to distraction. They know how to keep us busy. And that's why this whole civilized earth is so busy and unbalanced. We 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 have we have taken on their plan for for millennia, you know, or and it's it's um it's it's um it's unbalanced everything and and uh, that's why I present to you in the in the system tentacles uh, as a that's why I present the whole series of shows on the show. If you haven't checked it out, the system tentacles is a giant beast connected that is not for humanity, but to control humanity that has all these different strands from civilization to government to, uh, you know, all the things that people are caught up in, they don't realize, realize are actually harming them. So, so that's what's, what we've been doing is we've been, We've been taking on their civilization. We've been we've been doing what they had laid out for us all these years, and we're so caught up in this beast, the system, that humans have never really been allowed to just be who they are. So this Nephilim, the the, the closest ones to this lineage must be some of these those in the secret societies. Um, maybe the committee of 300 is getting close to the top of the pyramid or black nobility, the Knights Templar or the Elys. I've heard Michael Tessarian talk about there's some really high up there people that would, I would say, have this lineage from way back. And of course, these aren't big people like back then. It must have been bred out of them. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. But that's our possible creation story at least looking at what we 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 have to work with and these these bigfoot species would be the best thing that we could find close to the missing link that would show that we didn't actually evolve from primates but it would if that's why a bigfoot's never been brought to out of the forest and captured and when it had in some other stories I think that they, it was, you know, probably um, heavily, you know, taken away from our, um, quickly taken away from our, our, our society before anyone knew the story. And, the, you know, and these days, you know, they keep us out of nature for the most part, you know. 
But so the theory of evolution doesn't add up. Neither does the creation story. So combined with our oldest texts on Earth, we get the best idea possible. And don't get thinking that here's something I, I want to always bring to anybody who has come from a religion and has a very comfortable worldview with, that has to do with God. And I don't get thinking that we were made to be slaves and that's all we are. I don't like how some researchers will leave us with just that and that, oh yeah, we're just a slave species. Humans are way more powerful than we know. The elites are really very scared of what we can do when united with the truth. So there's some power that there are, are they're afraid of. I mean, look at the Tower of Babel story, at, at least if translated right. They, they keep having to modify and shut off our higher powers. They keep having to do it. And these are some researchers who think that every time we get too sophisticated, um, that, you know, they they uh, say that they do something like this. And then there are other researchers who think that every time humanity uh, starts building, um, that they reset our society. And that's where we get the Tartaria story, maybe. And I'm not saying it's not possible, but let's remember that our sophistication this time around was given to us by the controllers themselves. I mean, you know, you know, normal people did not come up with a lot of these inventions. These are people that were their people most of the time, except for maybe Tesla. But look at your phone, for example. It, it's made to track and trace you, and your TV is there to brainwash you. So all this stuff is brought in by them to do this to us and keep us at bay. So, But they keep having to modify and dumb down humanity further. So there's that too. They still have to continue, you know, and maybe the Anunnaki's put too much of their own in us, you know, maybe, maybe they, like I said, they just never got the mixture right. And really creation does its own thing. And when we're, we're talking about um, combining with an earth species that God created, uh, that may, may be the one that's taken over in us that, that is more magical than we think. And these primitive creatures also have the earth roots, roots with, which is nothing to mess with regarding connection to, um, you know, the, the, the higher earth sources. And so they don't want us connecting with that either. They don't want, to, want us connecting with the real God. And even if we are a hybrid species, we have souls. God gave us those. And God honored the real God honored this, even if there's defects, honored this situation in order to give us souls. And we have a connection to the Creator God, and the elites obviously are definitely against that. The real, you know, not what religions are giving you, but the real honest connection. And they obviously hate us. These elites obviously hate us. They want us. To, they want to kill us off and change our genetics again with this recent injection campaign. You know, they're always trying to manage humanity um, and manage how they want the Earth. You know, and they have to constantly dumb us down. They have to put fluoride in our water because they don't want our pineal gland activated. They don't want us to be nutritionally 
fulfilled with nutrients. They have to put a load of chemicals in our food to dumb us down, plus get us all on low vibrational diets and also put us on low vibrational information and keep us in fear. They, they have to constantly keep us in fear campaigns in the news. We can't even just do regular life without some looming fear in the background. You know, they, they want to keep us down. So, and so, so much work goes into controlling us. Your taxes go into controlling you. You're paying for your control. And they're, they're, they're having a hard time putting the lid on humanity and controlling us. It freaks them out. It's a constant effort. And so, can humanity ascend and become something that they don't want? I, I think we are reaching a pinnacle soon. Uh, I think that we are coming toward the end of a cycle in which we're gonna have we're gonna do something here. I, I don't know what, and sometimes it looks horrible, but you know, possibly the Anunnaki made a huge mistake by combining these two DNAs. Like you know, obviously the, it wasn't perfect. And we have all these defects, but also maybe the humans are way more powerful. Human beings have never been able to find their, their niche in this whole civilization. I've talked about that before on this show, that everything has a purpose, but humans, and they've thrown a purpose out there for us to do, you know, and it's because its civilization was provided for us and we didn't you know, we wouldn't have come up with it on our own. Humans, I don't think, would have because we have too much of the earth roots within us. And that's why humanity is so out of balance. No doubt our minds have been altered and manipulated by the media, which has set unnatural standards for humanity to shoot for and become like, but also just the fact that we live in in ways that we shouldn't on this planet that aren't as suitable for us. We've always been put into some kind of situation of control. That's why I always say on the show, the freest humans have always been the hunter-gatherers because they didn't have the system tentacles attached. They were just being humans. Primitive, yes, maybe, but in other ways, their life was completely fulfilled. They, they took care of themselves. They provided they had much more time for recreation than we do. And I, I think there's a spiritual component that humans could unlock and become something of an unstoppable threat to our control system. And they know this. The controllers know this. They, they, that's why they work around the clock to keep humanity in a smaller box than them. Because if we were to be let... Uh, if we were to be let loose and become a real, uh, you know, authentic species with finding our niche on this planet, we would probably just destroy them. I mean, I've been there a few times in my own personal life, filled with the life force. I've been to a place where they can't touch this. And I've been to where this power could just, you know be so strong. And I've been there on psychedelics mainly, but um, also just being filled with purpose and igniting that heart chakra. Heart goes a long ways. And when humans are filled with heart and creativity, it trumps everything. You know, intent with heart 
goes a long ways. And that's why they try to catch all the creative people, artists and stuff in the system and make them their own, you know, their own slaves. You know, they find these talents. You could be in Hollywood. And then they, they, they ruin these people and control them and manipulate them. When there's some, when you have a heart and intent, they can't touch this. And they know that. And they're afraid of something that has to do with that. At the same time, I can go into the stores and mingle with the crowd mind and find an absolute flat energy. And then I lose that hope. But I know that's because these people have not been activated. A lot of them have never even lived, you know? And that's because they followed the system from cradle to grave. They followed what they, they conformed. They let that little kid in them go a long time ago. That curious little kid had to conform. So you have to be a conformist, like I said at the beginning, to be part of the system. And they never deviated. They trusted the same system that has been put in place since ancient Sumeria. And Sumeria was at least somewhat practical compared to now. And so I think the direction of humanity is up, is up to the minority to become activated and stop following the system. It's up to us that don't conform, that are looking at this world and wanting the truth and wanting to make a world of our own. Because obviously, a lot of things from the past are mess ups. But we can, you know, put humanity can put this on a correction course. And I think that if more people were filled with that life force, that divine creative spirit that basically shoots beams out of your eyeballs and out of your head and out of your ears, it's an energy that they can't stop. It, and, it, and it probably reconnects our DNA eventually if we could stay there and reconnects our, and uses more of our brain and connective tissues. There's so much more a human can be and that's why they are afraid. So that's the good news in all this, really, is yes, we were rigged as a slave species, but that primitive Bigfoot whatever wasn't necessarily all that dumb. I think it would have evolved into whatever it needed to be and become, you know, whatever it needed to be on this planet. But then we got mixed with a very, very uh, intellectual left brain side of maybe Anunnaki and so we are quite the fusion if you think about it so you know that's what I think we are and where we came from and that's just my take on it but I hope you enjoyed this episode this two-part episode it really hopefully shed some light on what I've kind of covered but I wanted to cover I've always wanted to cover it better than back then so that's what this is all about uh, look for new shows in my feed. I'm going to do some more retro relevance and I'm going to do, you know, rehashing some old shows, but also going and giving you new material as much as I can. Um, and be a warrior, not a warrior. We're going to go all over the place. We're almost up to episode, episode uh, 200 now. So we're getting there in this show. Uh, like I said, this is the year. This show is going to network. We're going to, you know, expand, um, get more guests on. And you, you've seen some of that. Well, it's it's going to continue. So much love, you guys. Be a warrior, not a worrier. Don't worry and try to ignite that mind that they don't want you to have and connect 
those powers they don't want you to have. Much love. Chant down.